I just want to um, I just want to say thank you for um, participating during praise and worship. I know it was a little different this morning. Uh, we knew that um, Gene wasn't going to be here. Our drummer he had he had already let us know, and then Daniel I think something happened with his fiance, and she had to go to the hospital. And then Maverick and Michelle were sick, and they called this morning and said they couldn't make it. So let's just keep Daniel and Michelle and Maverick in their prayers. And, you know, the thing is with, with praise and worship, it doesn't matter if you have all the instruments or you have one instrument. It doesn't matter if you have 15 instruments or you have your hands. You know, you can praise and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And uh, that's what we did this morning. And so thank you for that. And I also want to, um, if you pay your tithes, I want you to encourage you to keep on paying those. Um, if you don't pay them, now I'm not going to talk about money. That's not my, that's not my job. But I will say this, if you pay your tithes, continue paying them. And if you don't, consider, consider doing it because that 10% of what you make is already God's. You're just giving it back to him. Amen. He's already given it to you. You're just giving it back. And you're being faithful and you're showing him that you have faith in him. And he asked us, he, in the Bible he says, test me on this. Give me the 10% back that I've already given you. It's, it's already his. And see what, see what happened. And I, and, I, and I can tell you this, we've always been givers. Um, but for the last year, last January, I, I made a stand and I made a, a commitment where I was going to tithe my paycheck every, every week. And I think I've missed one week this year. But I will tell you, with, with, with the financial things that we've been through since, like, after school was out, I think it was May, we have never been late on a bill. We, now, we may not have the extra, and I tell my kids all day, like, hey, can we go out to eat? We ain't got the money right now. Where before May, we had the money, and we could go do those kind of things. We can't do that stuff. But my lights hadn't been turned off. My water hadn't been turned off. We still got cable, which we really and truly don't need. (laughs) We have our cell phones, which, again, we really and truly don't need. We could probably do without them. But what I'm trying to get at is God never let us. He's never let anything been cut off, or we've never had any. Now, again, let, let me just emphasize, we don't have the extra, but we have enough. You know, and he gives us enough, and I'm thankful for that. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're paying your tithes, continue paying them. Not only is that what we're supposed to do, but it does help the church. You know, and, and like I said last week, Pastor Nathan and, and Miss Belinda, God has given them a dream to build a barn, and not just to be a church, not just to, just to help us out, but to help the community out. And, and we truly believe that that is something that's going to come, come to pass, and we're going to be able to do that. So I just want to encourage you that. And uh, so last time I spoke, we talked about living a life of piety. And I'm going to be honest with you, this week I had no clue what I was going to talk about until maybe Friday afternoon. And I kept saying, and I think last time Dwayne, Dwayne shared, he was like this too. And I just, I didn't know what to say. Usually when pastor asks me, I can, I'm like, okay, cool. I got, a, I got an idea in my head. And then God just kind of snowballs it. But this time I had nothing. And I told Christians, like, babe, I'm scared. Like, I don't know what, I don't know, because she, she kept asking me, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? What, I don't know. I don't, I don't I'm my, like, my head is blank. Now, usually in my mind, my mind goes 100 miles a minute. I don't let everybody know that, but I'm always thinking something. Um, I, I internalize everything, but it's always up here. But this week, I had nothing, nothing, and I would pray on my way to work. I, that's my prayer time every day is, God, give me something. Give me something. Give me something. And it wasn't until Friday that he kind of threw this in my spirit. And, and like, I, like I said, last time we talked about living a life of piety, and we discovered that living that life simply means having a relationship with Jesus. That's simply what it means. It's just a sim- simplification of, of that word is just a simplification. I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> I'm going to make up my own words. I, I heard Jared back there laughing. I'm like, okay, I just messed up somewhere. <laughs> So it's just a simple thing of living a, a relationship with him. And it's knowing our why. Why are we doing it? Why are we living? Why are we here? And we talked about when we lose our why, we lose our way. When we lose why we're here, why we're, we were born, why God created us, we forget why he, where, where, where he's taken us and what he's, what he's created us to do. And so I want, you to, I want you to kind of think about some things. I asked you last time to think about two different God moments. So now I want to... I want you to think about some things that, that interfere with your relationship with God. It may be one thing. It may be a plethora of things. But just think about those things. What, what interrupts your relationship with Jesus? 
because we all have the same ability to speak to him, to read the word. But we fill it with things that we don't really need to fill it with. Maybe it's TV. I've told you before, and I'm with Jay. Hey, Chicago PD, that's my show. Anything on, anything on Motor Trend, I love car shows. I'll watch them over and over again. Christy loves Hallmark movies. I hate them. They're the same thing every time. But, but, when, I, but when I turn on that, that car show, she goes, babe, they're doing the same thing. They're putting airbags on it. They're redoing the, the transmissions. They're putting a new engine in it. All the suspension is going to be different. They're putting wheels and tires and paint. It's the same thing every time. But I'm like, no, it's not different. When really it is, it is the same, you know. But or maybe, or, or maybe it's your cell phone. Does your cell phone get in the way? You know, we have this, we have this, we have the ability now to have Bibles on our phones. But do we have them? What else gets in the way of your relationship with God? Maybe it's a, a, another relationship. Maybe you're chasing after something with a, with a, you know, I don't know, if you're single, maybe you're chasing after something with, a, with, with another, another person. Maybe they feel your life where Jesus is, where Jesus should be. You know, maybe it's your wife, it's your spouse, or your, you know, your wife or your husband. You know, maybe they feel that time. You know, where you know you should be praying, but you know what? I'd rather hang out with them. And that's cool. I'm not saying if, if you're married, you should hang out with your spouse as much as you can. But there's got to be room for Jesus. If he's not at the forefront of your relationship, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this, it's probably not going to work. One thing that Christy and I did when we first got married, and we've known each other forever. But when we first got married, we agreed that we were going to put God first. And then I would put her knees before mine, and she would put my knees before hers. And our thing was, if we, if we do that, we're always, going to take, we're always going to be taken care of. But we had to put God in the front of it. We had to put God first. And there's times, like, I love hanging out with Christy. And you guys know, when Christy ain't around, I hate it. This time of year, they have Santa pictures at Tanger, and Christy's sister runs it. Well, Christy helps. I hate from 1 to 6 on, Sunday and Saturday, on Saturday and Sunday afternoon because she's not here. And I had to be... By myself. I mean, I got the kids, but it's just, you know, I love hanging with the kids, but I like hanging with Christy, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I want you to think about those things. And we're, we're going to pray before we get in the word. So, Lord, we just, if, if you bow your head and close your eyes, Lord, we just, we thank you for allowing us to be here this morning, Father God. And we thank you, Lord, that you, I thank you that you put a, heart, um, a word upon my heart. Father God, I pray that I can convey it the way that you would have it conveyed. Lord, that you speak through me, Father God, that my words be your words, and that you speak to your children today, Father God. And again, like I always pray, I pray that we leave differently than we came this morning, Father God. And we give you all the praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So a lot of people like to title their messages. I'm not a huge title person, but if I would title, I would title it um, Perseverance. And I know it's simple, but I believe that we've gotten away from the simplicity of what being a Christian is about. I think we put in two, I think we've, we've, we've got too many rules, so to speak. Now, again, don't get me wrong. There's got to be rules, but I think we have too many. And we have way more than we need, and I believe that we scare people away from wanting to have a relationship with him because you can't do this, you can't do that, you got to do this, you got to look that way, you got to do this, you can't cut your hair, you got to wear earrings, you can't do this, you got, can't wear, you know, all this, all these things, and it's, listen, it's simple. Christianity is simple. There's two things that God called us to do, and that's in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 and 39. I'm gonna start, actually, I'm going to start in 34. It says, Hearing that, Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. He said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, if you remember correctly, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And this is, if you, you know, if you, we're going to back up a little bit. The Sadducees and the Pharisees are trying to trick Jesus into sounding stupid, pretty much. I mean, in, in simple terms. Um, they're, trying to, they're trying to catch him in a lie. They're, they're trying to trap him. But he says, so they say, which is the greatest commandment in the law? 37 says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, is just like it. 
love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So in this passage right here, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, like I said, they're trying to, they're trying to, trying to trap Jesus in, in the sound and dumb. Now, he's already lays, raised Lazarus from the dead. He's already healed people. He's made the blind to see, the deaf to hear. I mean, he's just performed miracles after miracle after miracle. So they're trying to make him look like he has no clue what he's talking about. But he says, the two greatest commandments are to love the Lord all your, with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So how do we do this? How do we love God with all our heart, our mind, and our soul? And how do we love our neighbor as we love ourselves? You may say it sounds simple. Oh, I can love God. I just say I love him. That's not, what, that's not what he was asking you to do. He wasn't suggesting that we love him with all our heart, our mind, and our soul. He was telling us that we have to. It was a commandment. It wasn't, hey, you know what? If you feel like it, love me with all your heart, mind, and soul. Hey, listen, when you wake up in the morning and the birds are chirping and the, and the, and the flowers are blooming and the, and, and the sun's shining just right and you feel like Julie Andrews and the, and the, and the Sound of Music movie and you're dancing around acting all, la, 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 la. praise <coughs> me then. I can see some of y'all doing that. I could probably see Carrie doing that more than anybody. But it's not, just, it's not just in those moments. It's when things ain't going like the sound of music. It's when your wife or your husband driving you up the wall. It's when your husband is driving you up the wall. Because we, we know our wives don't drive us crazy. I'm just going to say that right now. Make sure we record that. That's how I feel. <laughs> or it's when your kids have found that last nerve that you have. And they're tap dancing on it. Driving you insane. Or it's when you get to, when you get to your favorite uh, coffee shop. Or when you get to your favorite store and they ain't got the coffee you like or the drink you like or the donuts you like. And you think, oh, Lord, my day is going to be ruined now. I don't have my coffee. Listen, you're going you're gonna to make it. Amen. You're going to make it through, I promise you. And I, so back in Labor Day, we had a, this is just kind of a, a freebie here. But back in Labor Day, I made a, I made a, uh, I guess a decision that I wasn't, I was going to try to cut sugar out of my diet. Because we went to my in-laws and we ate, and I'm talking about we ate and we ate, and I was like, Kurt. You got to stop, bro. But I just kept eating and eating. And I felt like I was about to, like, just die. I got home and I told Christy, I was like, oh, my God. I can't do this no more, you know. And she goes, well, check your sugar. And it reminds me of my granny. My granny used to say, that's your sugar. That's what she used to always say. So I checked my sugar, and it was just outrageous. And I told her, I was like, okay, I'm done. I can't do it. Like, I'm 40. I was 41 at the time. I've, I've turned 42 since. But I was like, you know, I can't. I can't put my life in danger of, and I can't put my wife and my kids in the, in the way of them not having somebody to be there. And so I decided to stop drinking Monsters because that was my favorite drink. And I used to kid myself and say, oh, well, they're sugar-free. Listen, they're still bad for you. Right. I'm just going to be honest with you. They're still bad for you. I quit eating Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and that was my favorite. Okay, and sweet tea. Now, I'm from the South. All we do is drink sweet tea. Okay, so I haven't had Monsters, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, even though I've had some, I've had, I've had some given to me for my birthday, which I appreciated, and I couldn't tell them that I don't eat them anymore, so I said, oh, thanks. I just kind of sat around the house, and everybody else ate them, and I haven't had sweet tea. Now, that's tough. The sweet tea part's the worst, you know? And I've tried to replace all that stuff with water. And at first, I was like, you know what? I can't do this. And I told Chris, she's like, I, I, I can't. I, she goes, no, babe, you can. You can. You can make it through. You can do. You can survive on not drinking sweet tea. You can survive on not, on not drinking those monsters and eating those peanut butter cups. You can do that. And so I was like, okay, I want to go through. And the worst time is when you're by yourself. Now, so, like, I, I'm a bread man, for those who don't know. So I'm up at 2.30 in the morning. I'm leaving my depot about 4, 
I go to Walmart, it's my first stop. There's a quick trip in front of Walmart. You kind of get my drift here. It could have been so easy to pull on that quick trip because nobody knows me. Nobody, nobody knows that I said I'm not going to do all these things. It could have been easy for me to walk into that quick trip and just get a monster and, and, and Reese's peanut butter cups. And now I'm a Diet Dr. Pepper fan. And I haven't cut that out, but that's soon coming. But it would have been easy for me to do those things. But I knew there was a greater plan and I knew there was a there was a greater thing coming. Right. And see, it's the same thing with our with our walk with Jesus. You can say you're doing it here, but you have to make a conscious effort to do it outside of here. I could tell Christy all day long, no, I didn't have no Reese's. No, I didn't have no monsters, but I would have been lying. And I wouldn't have been right. And that would have been a bad thing to do, because listen, I was always taught, growing up, I was always told liars are friars. So I never wanted to fry, you know, so I never, you know, I tried to, I tried not to lie. And and it just wouldn't be a right thing to do. And that's what Paul was telling us in 1 Corinthians 15. And he said he was saying, I die to myself daily. Yeah. I had to die to Kurt. Even though Kurt wanted those Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And I ain't talking about the little bitty ones. I want the big boys. <laughs> the big cups. Amen. I had to die to myself and say, you know what? There's something greater. They may have tasted good at the moment, but they don't last about five or ten minutes. There's something greater than that, than that 20, 20 ounce can of, of, of monster. There's something greater than those 17 cups of sweet tea I drink every time I went out to eat. Not that many, but yeah. it's close. But there's something greater. God has something greater planned for your life than you will ever know, than you could ever think of, than you could ever imagine. The Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. His ways of thinking are greater than our ways of thinking. We can never think the way he thinks. We can never look at ourselves the way he looks at us. We can never plan our lives out the way he has planned our life out. And so every day we have to die to ourselves and we have to say, you know what? Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying get dressed, go get in the car and say, okay, Jesus, crank the car for me. I'm, on, I'm just going to sit here. You do whatever you want to do. I'm not saying that. We have to be smart, and we have to do the things. But what I'm saying is when you wake up and it's time to go, you say, Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to live, another day to live, another, another time to breathe. God, I give you this day. I give you my life. Father God, lead me and guide me. Give me the words to say. Give me the actions to have. You know, and there, there's times in your life where, well, you're not going to want to do that. You know, my, and, and, and I, my prayer time is from my house to my depot. That's about 10 minutes. I got about 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes right there. And it doesn't stop. And I'm not saying that's the only time I pray. And then sometimes I, I, don't, I don't pray. Sometimes I don't. I'm just still wiping the sleep out of my eyes. You know, but we have to designate a time. And we have to designate. Uh, you have to build on that relationship with him. You have to have a time. We make a time for everything else. You know, some of us, you know, I love breakfast. Breakfast is like my favorite meal of the day. I could go without lunch or dinner, but I love breakfast. There's something about it. And, you know, if I don't have, you know, luckily my mom lives with us, so whenever, uh, whenever I call and tell my way home, she usually has breakfast ready, and it's just, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because she don't just do, like, a, a little bit. She does a lot. You know, I'm like, great. This is awesome. You know, but there's times where I don't have that. There's times where she goes, you know what, son, I just really don't feel like cooking. I'm like, okay, cool. But I had the opportunity to get upset because I ain't got breakfast. I'd be like, oh, that's cool, man, no big deal. You know, I got to make, make that conscious effort, and I got to make that decision of how I'm going to handle things. You know, and it's the same thing with us. Life isn't going to go the way you want it to go every single day. I mean, that's just part of it. That's just life. You know, we don't, we have a hand in it, but we don't have a huge hand in it. But what matters is the way you handle it and the, and, and the perspective that you look at life with. So for most of you, uh, you know mine and Christy's story um, in the beginning of our, okay, we, we've known each other since we were like three and four. And Miss Belinda used to be our babysitter. That's how we know her and, and Nathan and I mean, just this is 
I can't even go there because I'll start crying. But Chris and I knew each other from then, and we kind of we went to school together, went to church together. Um, the church we went to broke up. They split. Her parents went with. My mom and, and me and my brother stayed. We kind of lost touch with each other. They came back to the church. I was like, yeah. Like, in the back of my I didn't let nobody know, but I was like, cool, she's here. Um, but anyway, we got, we, you know, we started dating and stuff. And, and through, it was weird because we dated through, like, I guess the first of high school, then, like, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. We are kind of like we didn't want to, you know, didn't want nothing to do with each other. But we still kind of wanted something to do with each other, but we didn't let each other, each one to know. Um, but we still kind of dated on and off. But then when I was 19, I got into some trouble, and she was the only one around. All my friends, the, all, my, all my buddies that, oh, yeah, we're buddies. We're going to do this. You know, we're going to stick together. They were nowhere to be found. I was kind of by myself. And so she come down. She actually, um, she was going to Tacoa Falls, and she ended up quitting school up there and going to Clayton State down here. And we ended up getting engaged and getting married. Well, at the beginning of our marriage, our ministry started with children's church. Now, God has given Christy a gift of patience. And trust me, myself, my three boys, my daughter, we've, taste, we, we've tested that gift. And she has a gift from God of with patience. I mean, she is just one of the most patient beings that I know. And so as we got into children's ministry, um, God put it on her heart that she wanted to go to Guyana. And I don't know, is that, am I saying that right? Guyana, Guyana, something? Anyway, it's like way on over there. It's, it's not part of the United States. It's on the other side of the world. And it hasn't happened yet, but it will happen. We still have, we still have hope that it's going to happen. And if God's called her there, then God will put her there. We just don't know when. But we got into children's ministry, and I love children's ministry because it was easy. Like, you could just say, hey, Jesus is awesome. And the kids are like, okay, sounds good, yeah. Let's go call her. You know, and it was cool because, I mean, you didn't have to do much. I mean, it was like, here, here's a coloring sheet and some crayons. Let's have fun. Okay, it's snack time, goldfish and, and apple juice. You know, and it was great. I loved it. And then we got the privilege of being youth pastors. Students are way different than children. They ask a lot of questions, weird questions. Like, if God created the heavens and the earth, who created God? I don't know. I'll get back with you is what I tell them. I'll just get back with you. Like, I like simplicity. I'm not a complicated person. It's either black and white. It's right or wrong. I don't like the, I don't like the middle part. You're either here or you're there. You know, I like simplicity. And so when, when students come to us and they would, he, uh, you know, they, they'd ask us weird stuff like the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. What does God have? Is he schizophrenic? <laughs> no? Does he have identity issues? I mean, trust me, I've been asked that. And Pastor Nathan knows. When we had Saturday night service across the street, I would bring my youth group, and they asked some, they asked some off-the-wall questions, stuff I didn't know. And I'd have to say, hey, I don't know. I'll just get back with you. I mean, I still know who created God. I'm guessing he was just I, – I, I just I believe he was just kind of there. You know, that's what I was taught as a child. And I may not know where he came from, but I know he's real. Amen. And I've seen him do some things. I've seen him do some mighty things that would, you, you could never, ever convince me that God's not real. You can never, ever convince me that Jesus didn't go and die for our sins. You can never, ever convince me that the Holy Spirit isn't alive and well. Never. There's no way you could ever convince me of that. But with, you, but with students, it was more or less like I had to live what I taught. If I taught something up here, well, where we were, whatever I taught, I had to live. And sometimes that was tough. Because students notice everything. They're just like a three-year-old child. A three-year-old child notices everything you do. Well, so does a student. So does a, you know, a 12 to 16-year-old kid. They notice everything. And they are, not, they are not ashamed to call you on anything. Well, if you're telling me to do something, why aren't you doing it? And so like in student ministry, like it, really, it really opened my eyes to a lot of things and the way I lived my life and the things I did. Now, and I'm not saying I did it perfect. I wasn't a perfect youth pastor. There were times I failed. 
There were times I should have done things that I didn't. There are times I did things that I shouldn't have. There are things I said that I probably shouldn't have said. There were, you know, I, I wasn't perfect at it. But being a youth pastor made me understand what living a life of piety was about. And I'm not saying from, from that point to now I've done it right, because I haven't. We're all going to fall. We're all going to fail. We've all fallen short. You know, but the good thing about God is we have grace and mercy every single morning. And we can ask him every morning. We can start over. Now, the thing is, you don't want to have to start over every morning. But there's times where we have to and we need to. And God's grace and mercy is sufficient and it's there and it's for us. So how do we persevere to have a better life for ourselves, for others? For others to come to know Christ, I've said it before and I'll say it to the day I die. You may be the only Jesus somebody ever sees. Even here in America, you may be the only Jesus somebody ever sees. And so the way you live your life has a lot to do with the way other people live their life. And again, I mean, just because, you know, you may have people that you may not have kids that watch you. You may not have teenagers that are modeling their life after you you may not that you know of you know you may not know of anybody but I'm telling you somebody's watching you if you've claimed to be a Christian then you're under a microscope and that's just the world we live in and it may be tough but let me tell you something the reward is so much better it may be easy to slip into the world and do what the world does talk like the world talks look at things like the world looks at things Look at things the world looks at. Watch movies and shows that the world looks at that doesn't uplift God or doesn't glorify him. That's easy to do because everybody's doing it. What's hard to do is to live your life right. And it's going to cost you something. It's, it's, it's not as hard as we make it, but it'll cost us something. When Jesus walked by the disciples and he said, drop everything and follow me, they didn't, they didn't sit there and think, now is Joe doing this? Because if he's not doing it, then I'm not. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me, let me call my wife and ask. No, what they did was they dropped everything they did and they followed Jesus. They didn't know what they were getting into. They didn't know what the next few years of their life was going to be. All they knew is they had a tug. And they were doing what they knew to do, and that was to follow him. And so my question for you today is, is, God, is Jesus calling you? I mean, I know he is, but are you going to answer? Are you going to answer that call? Are you going to drop what you're doing? Drop the way you do things? Change the way you do things? Because when you give your life to Christ, you're losing that old self. But you're gaining a whole bunch of good stuff. And I like this quote, and I saw a long, long time ago. It says, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. If you do life the same every single day, you're always going to get the same results. <coughs> and sometimes we think we have to do it the same, because if not, it'll, it'll mess everything up. Like, I'm a little OCD, and so... This is weird, and just you can take it however you want to. But when I wash my hands, if I have to pull the paper towels, I have to pull five. If it's the ones where you wave your hand in front of it, I got to do three. Weird, I know. And I always thought that if I didn't pull five, then things would, my day would be ruined. My day would mess up. God's been dealing with me this for a minute. So three days ago, I was at work. I always wash my hands after I load my truck. I go wash my hands. I get my paper. I get in my truck. I go. So I'm washing my hands, and it looks like there's enough paper towels while I pull three. Oh, God, I can't do this. <laughs> so I walk in the other bathroom. I'll just get two more. So I walk in the other bathroom. No paper towels. <coughs> oh, God. <laughs> I didn't want to use the three paper towels, but my hands were wet. So I, wash, I dried my hands with three paper towels. I usually pull five. I always pull five. And Caliber, he's like, Dad, why do you do that? I'm like, I just, this is the thing. I don't, I just, 
just a thing. But the cool thing is my day wasn't ruined because I used three paper towels. Amen. <laughs> now, I, now, I haven't gone using three paper towels. I still pull five just because that's <laughs> what I do. But, but the point of the story is my day wasn't ruined because something didn't happen the way I always did it. It happened differently. And everything turned out just right, just okay. You know, it's the same thing with us. Just because, you, you know, you go home and instead of watching movies, Get in the word. That's how we love God. How do we love God with all our heart, our mind, and our soul? We have to make time for him. He wants us. He told us, you have to love me. Love me with everything you got. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. And what does that look like? I don't know. I don't know what it looks like for you. You may not know what it looks like for you, but we got to do it. He wants us to. The Bible tells us he's a jealous God, and not jealous like we know, but jealous like he wants our, uh, he wants our affection. He wants us to love him. It's just like a daddy. Dads, we want our kids to love us. Sometimes they don't. Probably most of the time they probably don't. But we want them to, and we do what we can do to make, it, to make that happen for the most part. God's the same way. He wants that time. He wants your time. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to get into his word. He wants you to pray. And that's all prayer is, just talking to him. I tell my students when I was youth pastor, I said, listen, you ain't doing nothing else in the shower. Take that time to pray. You ain't doing nothing else. But we got to make that time because he made the time for us. I'm pretty sure he didn't want to go to the cross and die that death that he died. I don't think anybody in this room or anybody on this world would want to do that. But he did it. But we, and, but we can't make 30 minutes up somewhere. We can't give up a car show. We can't give up an episode of Chicago PD to get into the Bible. You know? I mean, that's we have to do that. We have to make the time. We have to be truly sold out to him. I remember when, when my mom started going to church, there was a lady two doors down from us, and I didn't know this until a few times ago when I was, when I was up here speaking, and she had kind of yelled it out or told it or whatever, but the lady asked her for two and a half years to come to church, and my mom was like, no, nah, I'm good, I'm good, we got things going, yada, yada, yada. Well, when she finally said yes, and she went to church, let me tell you something, this lady, she went all in on God. It was no, there was no holding back. None whatsoever. I mean, when she jumped, she jumped from, I mean, she did a cannonball, and she went crazy. And, you know, I, I honestly, I always remember being at church. There was never a, a day of the week. We always had something, whether it was youth or, you know, we had church. We had Wednesday night service. We cleaned it. We helped clean the church. You know, we did Royal Rangers and stuff like that. We were always at the church. And she always... All, and she just went in all the way. Like it was all it was an all out thing. She got sold out for, you know, she sold out to Jesus. And so I guess from a young age, I was always taught that, you know, you always do things 100 percent. You never do it halfway. Um, now, sometimes we're not going to we're not going to. Pursue Jesus like we should. And it's OK, because, again, his grace and his mercy are new every day. And we can do that. So we must we, we, we must. Go all in and love God with our heart, our mind, and our soul. We must be sold out to him. Uh, we read in his word that we must pray daily. It's a daily thing. You know, if I'll, I always use the example of me and Christy. If I don't talk to Christy, then I don't know what she's thinking or feeling or what she wants or what she doesn't want. I have to talk to her to find out what's going on. She has to talk to me. Now, sometimes more than, more than others, she'll talk to me before I talk to her because I'm just... I'm not really a talker. I'm just like, whatever. I forget half the stuff she tells me anyway. I have to write it down or put it on my phone. That's the only way I can remember. But if we didn't have that communication with one another, if I didn't talk to my kids, if I didn't talk to my, my boss at work, or if I didn't talk to pastor, if I didn't talk to, you know, whoever, I wouldn't have that relationship with that person. It's the same thing with Jesus. It's, it's, not, it's not rocket science. Christianity is not rocket science. It's, listen, read the word, pray, and live the way he wants you to do. Love him with all your heart, 
your mind and your soul. Pray every day. Be sold out to him. We, uh, we went to a funeral this week for, um, <coughs> y'all know Tammy, my, my, my uh, Christy's sister Tammy. Her husband's grandfather passed away, uh, Brother Pruitt. He went to a church up in Jonesboro. And I've known him for a while. And he really was like, this was the definition of a man of God. I mean, it was like, he lived it. I mean, the way he was in church, I would see him outside of church. He was the same way. Like, always had a smile on his face. He was always encouraging. He always told you he loved you. You know, he was always giving God glory. He was just a, he was just a, a, a man of God and integrity. And one thing that the, the pastor was saying, he said, um, he said that, that Brother Pruitt didn't have a Sunday morning religion. Sunday morning religion is only good if you need Jesus only on Sunday mornings. But we need Jesus on Mondays and Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. Sunday morning religion will not get you anywhere. It'll make you look good in front of, in front of people, but Monday through Saturday, that Sunday morning religion isn't going to do anything. And we have to... We have to live what we preach, and we have to continuously pray. First Thessalonians tells us to pray without ceasing. We have to constantly communicate with Jesus. Romans 8, 1 through 4 is talking about being led by the Spirit. He's helping us when we don't know what to do. When we really want to say some bad things to that guy that cut us off in traffic, the Spirit leads us to say, bless him, Lord. Or, hey, he must have had a bad day. Just kind of let it roll off, you know, whatever. Not a big deal. You know, but we as, we as humans in our human nature, we want to get up all upset and mad. And all that does is make you upset and mad. It, has, it does nothing to the guy. It does nothing to the people that, that cut you off. I remember one Sunday I preached, and I think we were at the, I think we were at the, uh, the theater still. And we were going to go to the mountains for that, that. We were leaving that Sunday after church. We were going to be there the next week. And so we uh, close up the church. We get everything packed up, broke down, packed up. We go get something to eat. We're on the way to, we're on the, way to the mountains, and I was sitting shotgun because when you share, like I, I quickly found out why pastors nap on Sunday afternoon because this is kind of tiring, you know, just being honest. When you get all this stuff together, you got to say the right things. You don't want people looking at you like, oh, God, will he please shut up? You know, you want to say the right things. You want to do the right things. You want to wear the right clothes. You want, to, your hair, you want your hair to look right. You know, people are going to be staring at you for like an hour. You know, you just want to do the right things. And so it kind of gets, kind of gets tiring, you know. And, and then after Sundays, it's like, okay, let's go take a nap. I get it. So on that Sunday, I was, I was sitting in the, we, we were driving the expedition at the time. And I was sitting over there sleeping. Well, all of a sudden, I heard what sounded like a shotgun go off. And I look up, I woke up real quick, and if we're driving this way up 75, like the, you know, woods and stuff should be on my right-hand side. Well, when I looked to the right, I saw three lanes of traffic. I was like, oh, God, what's going on? I looked this way, and Chris is trying to move, the, turn the wheel, so I grabbed the wheel. And we could be all like, oh, God, freaking out, but, you know, we just started praying. Because that's what we knew to do. What happened was, the back, <clears throat> the passenger side tire blew. And so we was, I mean, she was getting it. She goes, this is after the fact, but she goes, I was in a group of folks. I was in a group of cars, and I didn't feel like being in there. You know, I kind of felt, she said she kind of felt claustrophobic, so she just took off. She's probably doing 85, 90 mile an hour. Kids don't speed. So the tire, the tire blew. <laughs> so the tire blew, and when it did, it went this way, and the truck went that way, and then we got it back this way, and then we got it back this way. And then we finally had about four times we got off to the side, we got it slowed down and got off to the side of the road. And when the GSP officer pulled up, he goes, seeing the skid marks, I was thinking I was going to pull up to a, a foot vehicle with dead people inside of it. Our skid marks were about a mile and a half. And we went this way, we turned four times. And nothing happened. I, when we finally stopped, I looked back and the kids were like, But they weren't freaking out. And I was like, oh, God, that's awesome. But it's because we knew to pray. It was weird. It was, it was the scariest. It was the scariest I'd ever been in my entire life. 
and I've seen some crazy things, but this would be scariest because, I mean, we, there's no way in the way our rim, because we had rims on it, and the way our tire and our rim was, there was no way that that rim shouldn't have dug in, that, in the ground and flipped us over. It was amazing that God kept his hand on that vehicle. And, I, and I, I give all the credit to him, and it's because we knew to pray. It's because we were, that's what we knew to do. That's been drilled inside of our heads since, since little kids. And sometimes life is like that. Sometimes life will throw you wrenches. Sometimes life will throw you a financial situation that you can't handle. Sometimes life will throw you children or kids that you can't handle. He'll, he'll, life will throw you situations that you can't handle. But we have to be rooted in the word of God, and we have to pray. That's what's going to make us through. That's what's going to get us through it. You know? And so we, uh, and so we just knew that we were supposed to pray, and we knew at the time that you know, that's what we had to do. And there's times where that's all you have to do. So, so we got to love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Build on your relationship with him every day. We must be led by the Holy Spirit. That's what keeps us rooted here on earth. When Jesus ascended to heaven, he said he left his Holy Spirit here for us to, to lead us and guide us and help us. Now, when we say Holy Spirit, some of us get all freaked out by that. Why? I don't know. I guess it's because I grew up Pentecostal. Listen, I've seen some, I've seen people run around churches. This one dude, he ran, we, was up, we, we grew up at a church called Stockbridge Assembly. And this one dude, he started running around the church, and he ran into the wall. And, like, he went through the wall. I'm not talking about just hitting the wall. Like, he went through it. There was a big old circle where he, and he got, he climbed himself back out, and he just took off running again. Like, I've seen the spirit drop, and things do like that. And sometimes that freaks people out. But it shouldn't. Because that's just God putting something inside of you you can't contain, and you got to get it out somehow. And that's just how people... It, you know, express that. Um, and for those of you that don't know, a little, little, little bitty plug, on the first Sunday of every month, we had prayer here at the church at 6 o'clock. So the first Sunday when we do communion, we have prayer that night at 6 o'clock. You all right? <laughs> leave it. Leave, yeah. Leave it to my kid. First Sunday of every month, we have prayer. So at 6 o'clock, the first Sunday every month, we have prayer at 6. First Sunday every month, we have prayer at 6. It's important and it's imperative that we as a congregation get together and pray. It may not be something you want to do. <clears throat> you may want to go home and take that nap. But the first Sunday, we need to be back here at 6 o'clock so we can pray together as a church. You've always heard, you know, a family that prays together stays together. A church that prays together grows together. I truly believe that. So the first Sunday of every month, we have prayer at 6. Last week, we were talking about the Holy Spirit. We were talking about speaking in tongues and giving the unction of the Holy Spirit and with evidence of speaking. And we were talking about how the, like you're going to have some syllables in your belly. And then that's just the, that's just the Holy Spirit. And you just got to you got to speak them out. And I know it, it can get all weird and freaky. We don't need to get that way. The Holy Spirit's here to lead us and guide us and help us. Amen. You know, Jesus said he's going to send the Spirit just for that. That's what it's for. And we have to tap into that because there's so much power back behind that. I was always taught that the Holy Spirit and, and God are like the president and the military with the little red phone. You see the little shows where they have that little red phone and go straight to the military. Like, all right, let's get them. That's what it is between the Holy Spirit and God. It's like they picking it, we're picking up the red phone, like, okay, let's get the enemy. It's time to go. You know, that's what that Holy Spirit is. It's, it's, a, it's a line of communication with you and God. And you don't understand it. The enemy don't understand it. And that's the point of it. And so the enemy don't understand it because Satan's, what Satan is doing is he's trying to destroy you every day. Just like Jesus and God, just like Jesus is real and his spirit's real, the enemy's spirit's real. And he's going to try to speak to you just like God does. He's going to try to get you to do things you don't need to do. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy. 
God's job is to lift up and edify Amen. and to build you up and lead you into things that you have no, uh, you, you have no conception of what, of what he can lead you into. And so, but if we don't tap into that, if we don't tap into the spirit and let him lead us in, we won't know anything and we won't grow. It's like a little baby, you know, babies start out on bottles. Then they go to cereal, then they go to real food, you know. If we were stuck on bottles our whole life, we wouldn't know. Maybe I wouldn't be as big. I don't know. But we can't do that. We can't stay. A baby can't stay on a bottle his entire life. I'd be weird, a bunch of adults walking around with bottles in their mouths. <laughs> it's eating times. <coughs> time to go. You know, but we have to grow and we have to ingest things that are, that, that are better for us. And it's the same thing with God. You know, you start out as a, little, as a little child, you know, with that childlike faith. And then, God, you get into that word and you have your prayer life and you continue it. And God just pours things into you. He pours things into you. But we've got to be careful because God's not the only one that's going to speak to us. A lot of times we, we, we're seeking for God to tell us something and, and show us a way. But we have to remember that he's not the only one that's going to show us something. He's not the only one that's going to speak to us. When Jesus was baptized... <clears throat> And he was sent out in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. After that 40 days and 40 nights, the first person to talk to him was the enemy. Because he said, get thee behind me, Satan. When he came out of that time of getting close to God and, and, and Jesus wanted to hear from his father, the enemy was the first one to talk to him. So you have to discern the difference in the enemy and God. Because the enemy said, hey, you, you're the son of God. Turn this rock into water. His response was, it wasn't, oh, yeah, that's right. I am. Let's do this. It was, get thee behind me, Satan, because he knew his father had something greater for him. And so we have to make sure that we, we can discern the difference. And the only way to, to discern the difference is to read his word and know who he is and know the, the, the sound of his voice. So we love the Lord God with all our heart, our body, our soul. How do we do it with all our heart? We give him our heart. We invite him in. We invite him to live. With all our mind, we set our mind upon him every day. We need to think about him daily, not just when we want to, not when things are bad, not just when things are good, not just when we want something, not just when we want our kids to behave or we need more money. But every day, we set our minds upon him. How do we love him with our soul? We know that he created us for a reason. We know that he has something better for us. We know that he, he, that he sent his son to die for our sins so we could live free. We don't have to live in bondage. We don't have to live in a sinful nature. Now, is it easy to? Of course it's easy to. It's easy to let, that, let, let the Bible just sit on the, on the nightstand and not read it. It's easy to, instead of reading the Bible or praying, we watch the TV show or we or we go out to, on a date or whatnot. Now, I love date nights, but there's times where I've got to tell Christy, listen, we've got we, we, we to fight. We've got to pray. It's time to, it's time to get in that word. Because just to let you in on a little, little insight, we believe Caliber's healing's already here, but we're, we pray for it every day. And we can't, we can't miss that time, even though sometimes I'd rather fall asleep than pray. And let me just give you a little tidbit of information. Don't read your word at night. Because you'll be like, oh, I'm so tired. You got to read it during the day. Read it when you first wake up. Don't read your word at night. And I'm, some of you may, may be able to, but when I read my word at night, I yawn and I'm so tired, I'm ready to go to sleep. I don't understand none of it. But we have to do those things. How do we love our neighbor as we love ourselves? That's tough sometimes because some some, sometimes we don't love ourselves. We don't value ourselves. But we have to remember that we are a child of God. And God loves us. And he sent his son to die on that cross for us. And just like God sent his son for us, he sent his son for that dude that cut you off in traffic. He sent his son for that boss that always nags you constantly. He sent his son for them people, and one of them, 
One of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm in a store and somebody leaves their buggy right here and they go shopping two rows down. Uh, they go shopping on the other road. I'm like, get you, get you. I had to remember God died for them too. Or Jesus died for them too. I may be like, you know, I just want to kick your buggy. And just go on over. You're in my way. You know, but we have to remember that just like Jesus died for us, so we could live sin free and so we could live in freedom. Jesus died for them too. And until we get that in our noggins, until we understand that, we understand who we are, we can't love people the way God loves them. The same pastor that did the, did the funeral the other day, I, we attended their church for a little while, and he did a sermon one time, and the, and, the, and the thing was, thank God thoughts. And that made a huge impact on me. I went and got stickers made. I had them in my truck, in my car. Like I, I had them everywhere, like thank God thoughts. In order for us to love people like we love ourselves, we got to think about them like God thinks about us. We have to thank God thoughts. There's times where we're going to want to say things that we shouldn't say. I don't want to say curse. I used to be a big cusser, but I don't. I realize how dumb that makes you look. So I quit all that. But back when I was cursing, I would rather cuss somebody out than say, bless them. Because it's easy. It's easy to do. You see, if we, don't, if we don't think God thoughts, if we don't think about people like God thinks about people, if we don't think about people like God thinks about us, then we can't do that. And if we can't do that, we're breaking the commandments. Two greatest commandments. Love the Lord God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. We've got to love ourselves. We've got to see what God sees. And sometimes that's hard. I look in the mirror and I think, I don't even know. Why, why would you love this guy? I've done some bad things in my life. But he sent Jesus down that cross for that, for those specific reasons. And I can look in the mirror and say, I am a child of God. And God does love me. Whether or not I love myself all the time, God loves me. And God woke me up that day. And God's given me the opportunity to go out and to proclaim his name and to take Jesus into the streets. Now, I don't see a lot of people because I'm up so early. But the people I do see, I can impact. And I've told you before, it's not about what I say. It's just about my actions, how I handle things. I mean, Walmart, and I can just speak from experience, Walmart is probably the worst place to be a vendor at. They look at vendors, bread guys, uh, milk guys, anything, anything that brings product into the store, they look at us as like we're in the way. And it's hard to not combat their attitude with my attitude. But I have to remember, like, bless them. You know, I have to say, hey, thank you. You're welcome. Excuse me. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Even though they don't do it, I have to because that's what God wants me to do. And so to close, I just want to encourage you, please get into your word. Please start a prayer life. Please. Because it, 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 it may be tough, and it may be something you don't want to do, or you'd rather do something else besides that, but let me tell you something. The, the payouts and the rewards are so much greater than the sacrifice we're going to give up. When we get to heaven and we dance in those streets of gold, we're going to look back and think, I couldn't give up 30 minutes for that. You know, like the things that we do down here are going to be so rewarded when we get to heaven. And it's not that hard. It's simple. Love the Lord with your heart, your mind, your soul. And love people like you love yourself. You know, kindness works. Being kind to people works. They may not be kind to you, but if you're kind to them and you love them like you love yourself and you love them like you say you love God, then it'll all work out. And it'll all be nice. And in the end, it's gonna, it, you, you may not get the reward right there when you want it, but God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. <coughs> he works things in miraculous ways, ways we, can, we can't even comprehend he would do. And so as we close in prayer and we drop the lights, we turn the music on, I think Pastor's going to come up and, and close us out. But I just want to I just, I just encourage you to continue praying, continue being in your word, and we can do this thing. We can do this thing called life. 
And as, and as we come together on Sunday mornings, the Bible tells us that iron sharpeth iron. Let's encourage one another. Let's be with one another. Let's help each other out. Be that one that you can call and say, hey, man, I got some issues. Can you pray for me? Be the one that will call that other person and say, hey, listen, I got some issues. Can you pray for me? Because we're, we're here to do this thing together. And so I encourage you, and I'm going to end up in prayer, and the pastor's going to come up and end the service. But I just want to say, Father God, thank you for this day. And thank you for this time and this opportunity, Father God. Thank you for sending your son to the earth to die for our sins, to die for our healing, to die for our forgiveness, Father God. And Lord, I pray as we leave this place, Father God, that, that you continue working in our hearts. You continue being our way maker and our, our, our light in the darkness, Father God. And Lord, that you continue leading us and guiding us and making everything right in our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody keep your head bowed, your eyes closed. Um, you know, there was something that he said in his message today that was talking about when Jesus came to these men that would be later known as his disciples. He said something to them. And he said, simple phrase, will you follow me? Those guys didn't know he was the son of God. Yeah. Those guys had no idea what they were getting into. There was just something about those words that touched the heart of those men. And I want to ask you the same question because Jesus came to this earth to invite people to follow him. And you may be here today and the Lord may be asking you that question. Will you, whatever your name is, will you follow me? Those disciples didn't have all the answers. They didn't know who made God. They didn't know all the things that, that we may have. They didn't know all of it. They just knew he called. I'm going to follow. Friends, you ain't never going to have all the answers in anything you do in life. But I can tell you what, those men look back probably before they died, and they probably said this was the best decision I ever made was to say yes to Jesus. And we have a recorded count of that in the Bible. It's the same thing with you and me here today. You may be here and you may say, hey, look, man, I'm not following Jesus. Today I've heard that question, will you follow me in my heart? Now the step is, what are you going to say? What are you going to do with that question? Are you going to say yes? Or are you going to continue to try to figure everything out on your own? So I want some of you in this room, maybe, maybe it could be a good bit of people, but if you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's asking you, will you follow me? And if you're ready to say yes, I just want you to raise your hand and be bold and say, man, pastor, pray for me. I want to follow Jesus. I want to say yes to that. I want you to raise your hand. I see that hand. I want you to raise your hand and be bold because today is the day that Jesus is talking to many of you in this room. Will you follow me? Will you really truly follow me? Those guys left everything. They left their career. They left their position. They left their status quo, and they said yes to Jesus. Are you ready to go on an adventure that will blow your mind? If that's you today, just say yes. Raise your hand and say, man, Pastor, pray for me. I want in on that. I want to make that decision. Maybe you're like the prodigal son. You actually was once following Jesus, but now you've kind of drifted away and you're doing your own thing. And Jesus is coming to you and saying, hey, look, I know what you did. I know you've denied me. I know you've walked your own way. But I, I want you to say yes to me today. Will you say yes to me today? Will you come to me and follow me today? Let's forget the things that are behind. We can't do nothing about that. We can't fix none of that. But I can pray, promise you your future is going to be bright. If that's you today and you say, man, I want to get back in the relationship I have with Jesus, then I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I see that hand. You know, there's some people that are bold. You know, you can play games with God or you can play games with God. It's much different when you're on the field with him playing than when you're on the sidelines doing your own thing. God loves each one of you here today. And some of y'all, you raised your hand, and, and I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for you. But I want everybody to stand. Everybody stand up. You've been sitting for a while. As we close the service, I want those ones that, that raised your hand, if you would, be so bold as to do something that your flesh, your mind is not going to want you to do. 
Your mind is going to tell you, do not go up there and stand with him. It's going to happen. But I'm asking you, would you be bold enough to come up here and let me pray with you, me and you, in front of everybody? I want to stand with you today. I want to stand with you today. Will you come up here and let me pray with you? If you raised your hand, again, it's, it's going to be your choice. I'm going to pray with you no matter what. But if you would, be bold enough to just say, hey, you know what? I'll do it. I'll stand with you. Let's do this thing. Because you're not in this thing by yourself. Hallelujah. Everybody close your eyes. Bow your head. Man, you don't need to be looking around. This is not a, we're not, you know, spectating. Hallelujah. We're participating. Father, we love you today. Hallelujah. We love you, Father. And we know, Father, you're touching hearts right now. Holy Spirit, continue to work on those hearts. Hallelujah. Compel them to say yes. Now's the time to jump in. Don't wait. Man, we could walk out of this room today and never, ever see Monday. This could be the last day. It could be the last week. And I'm not trying to say that to scare you. I'm just saying it's a reality. Hallelujah. Well, those that raise your hand, I want you and everybody together, we're all going to pray. We're going to pray it aloud. We're going to mean it. And I believe that the Holy Spirit's going to touch your heart. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your grace. Give me the strength to live for you. And I will give you my heart today. Thank you, Jesus. I now say, you're my Lord and my Savior, and I will follow you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Put your hands together.